0: And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast, covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at Casey SGE. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at HE at pod. Follow us on Instagram. We're quite active there. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on the gram. Uh, drop us an email whenever you have an opinion that wants to be read aloud or uh, give us some uh, critiques on the way that we are running the podcast because this is a podcast by Eintracht Frankfurt fans for Eintracht Frankfurt fans and that is hey Frankfurt at gmail.com facebook.com slash pod is where you can find all our Facebook page where it has all the latest news and information card the Eintracht in the English language all in one convenient location. And uh, yeah, we're coming out. We got a uh, hefpod.com that's going to have exclusive content therein. There's just all sorts of ways to uh, get in t- contact with us, and also just kind of follow everything that there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt. And uh, why wouldn't you? We're uh, a wonderful club to follow. We are the diva Mine, and uh yeah, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you get absolutely freaking frustrated. So, if, there, if you're enjoying this podcast and liked it, give us a like and uh, share us with your friends. Subscribe to uh, us on our platforms and on the podcast so you get every new episode that comes out. Never missing any bit of Eintracht information. And yeah, just share us with any of your Bundesliga friends or people who you think are willing to bring on the Adler. Take the Adler into their life, into their warmth and loving embrace. As two of these gentlemen who are joining me today... Have done. I'm going to the Motor City first. It is Chris in Detroit. Hey, bud, how is the little eagle? Brian, I'll tell you what. Uh, Nico needs to get over here on a flight
1: right away. I got a youth midfielder that is okay. She's not ready yet. But <laughs> the Detroit City <laughs> 2015 Rouge girls team. Uh, my little hooligan made her a debut tonight. She was outstanding right side midfielder. Good work with both feet. Set up a couple goals. Few stops inside the box defensively. Man, I for those that are are parents, soccer parents specifically, or sporting parents in general, how the hell do you watch your kid? It like just calmly. I mean, I'm sitting there at the park tonight, just losing my mind. I picked off all ten fingernails. I'm biting my nails. I'm nervous. I'm terrified. And then she goes out there and kills it. And I'm like, oh, what the hell are you so nervous for? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Uh, Dude,
0: was so was intense. I don't have to worry about just yet.
1: It was intense.
0: Something that I have got to worry about, what, four and a half years, five years, times? Comes quick. Like that, so. uh, we'll see about that. Uh, the other guy who's the other joker in the background is the man in the Big Apple. It is Matt. Matt. How are you doing, bud? How is New York, treating you? How was the lake?
2: Dude, Lake George is always a great time. I mean, just just shows how beautiful. Did you get a little
0: burned? No,
2: not really. Actually, if you know, <laughs> didn't even wear sunscreen. I felt actually pretty comfortable. I've had a have had a couple of good days at the beaches down here at Rockaway, uh, in, in Queens. So, um, no, I mean, New York's good. Wish Frankfurt was better, but you know, New York is New York is better. Than the Yankees for out number no two game win streak. So that's good.
1: Mm, well, no
0: comment. Uh, the, yeah, I'll only <laughs> tolerate so much New York Yankees talk on this podcast. As neither of us have uh, uh, the, uh myself and Chris don't exactly have the greatest of love for him. But hey, you know what? You did it had a good game. rivalry.
1: I hope you're happy,
2: huh? <laughs> and Teddy had a great game for you, you, so or for us, I guess. But uh, yeah.
1: Well...
0: Uh, Some players do have great games for the Eintracht. Some players did not have great games for the Eintracht. And some just, you know, had matches to forget about. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about Eintracht versus Kuhn. Um, 1-1 is the end result. A loud Boister Stadium. He had loud away fans. I appreciate that because sometimes when you play against your Augsburgs, your... Uh, my, well, no, no, mice will bring their full allocation for our match, to like anyone else. And uh, so Wolfsburg, Augsburg, those guys, yeah, they don't really, they don't bring much uh, to the match day experience. But uh, yeah, Eintracht versus Cone, I thought coming right out of the gate, I was like, all right, both teams are flying, both teams are trying to go at it, and then I looked at the starting lineup. Uh, look back at the starting line and I'm like, what is Yakik doing out on the right? What the hell was Glas Look? I mean Glasner, I've got a lot of time for him, but I'm just like, okay, I get it. You didn't want to put Knauf out there, but come on, you get you got I mean you got Chandler on the bench who you have utilized in that exact role that you put Yakik in, and I honestly thought that Yakik did well enough for himself, but I just did not think that we put him in a position for him to have great success. Kind of looked more like a traditional back four uh, with Pellegrini in his debut for the Eintracht. Uh, part of the deal with Kostic is we're taking the kid on loan. Well, you know what? Hey, a player who apparently has got the trust of Glasner. They like what the, he has shown. We'll see like what more he can bring. But I don't know. Today, well... This match, at starting 11, I looked at that, and I'm like, okay, Pelgrini, Yakik on the left and right. I wasn't exactly all too thrilled, and I think that the lack of uh, consistency and some... Well, the lack of the players knowing those positions... I mean, it's not like I said the formation's all that crazy different, but uh, Chris, help me out here. What were you seeing? You know what? I... I'm not
1: too upset about the Jakic experiment. Um, look, he's got to go. He's too valuable to sit on the bench full time. And, you know, his skill set kind of fits more up the middle, but we need him on the wings. So I wasn't too disappointed by that experiment. He didn't have a lot of time to get comfortable and work with uh, Kolo Muani out there, but yeah, there's something missing. And defensively, I think um, him and Tuta had some communication issues. It really didn't flow too well. But I think maybe if we can see a little more a little more training time with him there, maybe they can get more reps together and be more comfortable there. He just to me he's a much better player when he's inside. On the wing it just he looks uncomfortable. It doesn't flow too well offensively. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand why we didn't
2: put in uh, Smolcic or, you know, put Smolcic in the middle put back out wide, you know. I'm a little confused on the Jakic playing right back thing. I mean, I'm a little confused on Glasner's uh, direction here because not that I'm questioning it or anything, but, like, you know, we went into the mindset to try to go win a game in Berlin, and obviously we didn't do that. And, you know, now – and obviously I know we un- understand we're in this kind of, like – Phase where we're experimenting with four in the back just because we don't have, uh, because we have a little bit more depth back there. But like, are we trying to win here or are we trying to experiment here? You know, it was kind of a mix of both worlds. I mean, Pellegrini definitely had a great game. I mean, it was definitely a great debut game. I, you know, I was hoping we could play three in the back with Tuta and Dika and Pellegrini because I figured that would be the ideal situation. Um, or even, you know, put an old man Hasebe in there if he has the legs in there,
1: which I think he does. Um,
2: I don't know, I will definitely- say, though,
1: Matt, I'll just jump on you real quick. I think if that's not Pellegrini's first match, you might've seen a back three, um, or, you True. know, we might've, we might've even seen like some sort of a three, four, three, or some sort of swinging midfield there. Um, the fact that Pellegrini had only been in country a few days, I think played into the fact they went back four. Yeah, I agree. And for
2: and it also looks like we're ditching the Kamada being like a center defensive mid idea now. So that was a fun game that we saw against Magdeburg with him in there. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just a frustrating game. I mean, we were definitely the better team, I felt like, in the first half. Um We got obviously very unlucky with that wonder shot in the second half. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand the whole offside situation and whatnot. But, I mean, it, the lineups were definitely a little bit – Interesting, and I mean, guts of guts <laughs> guts is doing guts of things for some reason right now, and like the late guts, not the early guts of things. By what I mean by that,
0: well, so that being, that being said, we got uh, go to who I wanted to uh, chirp on this podcast because so far I'm like, okay, I know I need to give you time, but uh, come on, dude, I've seen you in the past, and you were electrifying. Now, you're playing... I hope it's not like the surrounding cast that's bringing you down, but come on, dude. You look good in the air uh the last couple of seasons, so I'm just... I'm waiting for what I saw in the air Eredivisie to come out, and I guess I'm going to be waiting a little bit longer. Chris, I what mean, were your thoughts on uh, the Gotza? You know... the. The, the guy
1: is a German legend for obvious world cup reasons. He's done great things at clubs in the past. He's aging technically by the book. Um, but I think there's something there, but he's also not accustomed to being the highest paid player on a front line. Uh, you know, like he's not a target guy either. He's a creator and he's having a hard time building a chemistry with Bore, with Lind- Lindstrom. Uh, Kolo Moani I thought he worked okay with. But there's some stuff that's got to get flushed out there. Because he's there, but he's not really making himself the presence that he has, uh, like you said, in the Netherlands, like he has in the past with Bayern. And I think he still has that in them. Because we saw it just last year. Uh, He made a splash in the area D.C., but I don't know. It's uncomfortable right now. Guys just are having a hard time uh, really finding their chemistry, and it's all over the pitch. I think he's better on the wing, if I'm going to be honest.
2: I think if we had a perfect scenario, I think if we really wouldn't (laughs) – Here we go. We'll talk about Kamada Peninsula here. Um, I think the ideal situation here would be, you know, keeping Kuala Money on the right, Bore in the middle, uh, or, a uh, Bore up front as a nine, Lindstrom out wide. We'll have Guts be a super sub for Lindstrom because Lindstrom doesn't typically play 90 minutes. And I think Guts will have that freedom that you mentioned, Chris, on the, on the wing because the past few games, he has been more comfortable out in the wing, you know, and like this yeah. game just, it seemed like he was kind of, stuck in the middle the whole time and you know he tried to go out in the wing and, and you know there was a few times in the se- especially in the second half when we had the opportunity to win two one um he created an opportunity with um i think it was either either kamada or uh lens and um you know i figured that kind of situation would have um i think that kind of situation i can see moving forward would be ideal and then having kamada sitting right behind
1: bore and seeing how that works yeah and um, Lindstrom's not a guy that you can move inside he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the strength. Um, he's good enough on the ball, but his best action is out on the wing. I like him there. And him and Bore have worked well together. Uh, I just, they don't have that third guy to put in the mix. Um, Daichi Kamada, when he moves up higher, he's far more effective now. And obviously, we saw what he did from the set piece. But um, look what he did with the goal against Hertha he wants to be pushing forward up the middle. And if he's the one that needs to be in that high midfield spot instead of Goza, that's fine by me. I agree. I agree. I feel the one person I feel bad for right now is Knelf,
2: is because, you know, he's going to have to fight with Cole Omane and pretty much Farid Ali do, you know. And, you know, both those players we, t- we own right now, you know, we don't really own Knelf. Um, and I kind of feel bad for him because,
1: you know...
0: Yet, he- I'm still optimistic that we can buy him.
1: But he didn't do himself any favors by clearing a header right back into the middle of the pitch and setting up that goal either.
0: Yeah. got him
1: understriped, but yeah. You're supposed to hit it out and wide. Yep. I mean, it, all he's got to do is clear that one to the sideline and we're in better shape. But I'm not going to put it all on him. But when you're fighting for a spot, something is elementary is don't clear the ball to the middle it comes into play
0: you're right um hmm well the way that I look at uh Ali do look he uh he's feisty I mean, yeah, he's, he's good. feisty I wish he could hold on to the ball a little better that first touch leaves a little bit to be desired but he's still he's he's a good player I really like what I've seen from him so far a little spark plug, and uh, I hope we see more from him. Yeah,
2: I think we will. He's gonna like he's, Like we said at the beginning of the season, you know, the depth is gonna what's really gonna help us out because it seems like in every single game when we do sub in, you know, we're creating like pretty much the same effective chances and they would, we would early on in games when we have the energy and stuff like that. It seems like we are literally rejuvenating our team with the subs that we have, you know, Ali do has been definitely very effective um, in all the games he's played in. Yes. He had, has his moments here and there, but he also has some very, very great moments. You know, Kamada seems to be another king off the bench, you know, um, Christopher Lentz seems like he really wants to play a lot more now. So like he's been trying to uh, prove himself to fill in that cestich void. Um, it's it's interesting. Our depth our depth is what our strong suit is right now. You know, and once we start figuring out what we're doing, you know, we're definitely warming up to it. Um, you know, we're we're probably gonna have a couple more tweaks of, against Verda Braman, but we're, we're we're getting there. You know, we're warming up.
1: Yeah, we. We talked about it off air before we started recording um, the overreaction that we've had last year and two years prior when we had slow starts. Um, this isn't the same thing. There's a depth here. There's a quality that we haven't had in a while. And it's a little concerning, especially the effort to play from behind trying to move up the table. But the guys are there. We don't have to go hunt for guys. We're not anxiously waiting for January to fill up on more depth. We have the guys there. They're going to work things out. Um, there's no reason not to trust Glasner and his staff right now. It's just a matter of getting guys comfortable, seeing where they fit best. The more time guys are on the training pitch, the more they're going to have to work on uh, things, you know, the, the two man, three man combinations, moving from the midfield to the final third. That will all come with time. We're not going to be a minus five goal differential much longer.
0: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But let's talk about something else that's positive that happened at the weekend before we dive into the negative again. Uh, Eric Ebimbe uh, has joined the Eintracht on a season-long loan. There is an option to buy. We're trying to buy him outright, but um, Paris Saint-Germain used to just be happy with selling off players. Now they're not because, you know, they've changed their kind of squad building strategies. So we have a player who is joining the Eintracht, who in the last couple of, the last three seasons, had a loan spell where he basically played week in, week out in the uh, League 2. Then uh, at Le Havre, uh, season on loan at Dijon in Ligue 1. And uh, then just ten appearances for PSG in uh, league on and uh, appearance in the Champions League and uh, and the Trophée des Champions uh, for PSG last year. So fourteen appearances there. Grand total. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, the guys the guys played quite a bit and uh, for just being you know just twenty one uh, coming up twenty two in November. He's got he's got a good amount of uh, experience that is something that I'm very excited for us to add because we're gonna have a good long look at him and think to ourselves, look if we in, if we like what we see, he's got a lot of, at his age. There's so much upward uh, mobility for him, like so many possibilities that can come out. I mean he could be a player that the Eintracht buys, we keep him for a year and then do a Jovich and just sell him on for basically an entire year's uh, operating budget. <laughs> if need be that'd be that be I mean that'd be kinda of crazy if that really ended up turning up. But I'm a i I'm interested for the guy to have a chance and you know what? We're just adding depth in if worse came to worse and we got ourselves in a heap load of trouble, which I don't see us doing, uh He's only on loan, and there's no required obligation to buy like we had with Jens Petrahauga when we brought him in from
1: Milan. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me, if we go back several years, um, to when we picked up Michael Hector from Chelsea for a season.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: One or two years. I think it was one year. Um, one year. Yeah. 16-17. Uh, I mean, the guy's coming from a roster that's chock full. He's going to see the bench there. But he's got... 65 plus games of first team time um, across loans and with a parent club. And he's coming from Paris Saint-Germain, who produces a good amount of academy talent. He's got four goals and four international appearances uh, with the France youth team. So, you know, he's played a fair amount of games and in a decent league. So I think there's an opportunity for us here to add more depth where we already have it. And maybe we can strike gold. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Indeed.
2: I know nothing about the guy, but I mean, hey, it's a, another time to get a big name player from a big club name. You know, the, we did that with Omar Mascaral. did that with Lucas Piazon. Um, you know, Ace why not? Vallejo. Well,
0: a- yep. Vallejo, yes, Piazon. Yeah, he had that free kick, but let's, he was a snooze for me. Anyways, Part of
1: it too, when uh, when you grow up in those academies, whether it's the Chelsea's, Real's, Paris Saint Germain, you come with that mindset. You know, I'm a Lions fan, and we're on hard knocks right now, and we're trying to kill this Detroit Lions mindset. You know, like like the New Buy York Yankees, I'm being a loser. Like, like like Matt's New York Yankees um, go out and they know they're going to win every night. Who cares that they've lost? 15 of their last recently. 20. They go in, but they go into every game with that mindset. And that's what they breed. These kids coming out of the PSG Academy is that when you step on that pitch, you've already won the match. We deal with, with Byron in our own league all the time. And it, sometimes it's just that little mindset. Some of these young guys coming in saying, yeah, I am that good. Cause I grew up and I played with this club. Well, not all the players did. But if he has that mindset, if if other guys can pick up on that, then we're not Frankfurt the diva. We're Frankfurt the well-dressed lady. You know that's what that's the subtlety of the mindset that needs to change.
0: So you're saying that it's a mindset thing that we just need to change. Well, well it, it always has you know, been,
1: but it you know there's tactical aspects to it, but it starts with the way you approach things, and it you know we've seen success. Not just in our club, but in other, in other clubs, you see success with these young guys that come in with confidence. And that's something in some of our guys that may be lacking based on their experiences in the past.
0: Well, fair enough on that. Uh, I mean, and I don't think you want to add to that before we uh, head to hashtag what are we drinking?
2: No, I mean, I think Chris hit the nail in the coffin right there. Um. Yeah, I really have nothing else to add. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Well, uh, ca- ca- caught Speechless. us off guard, and suddenly we're Literally. like, "Oh, nothing, not to add all that." So, yeah, we'll go to hashtag. What are we drinking uh before we start talking about the Frauen on the other side of things? Because uh, you know that's all we ever want to talk about is uh the Eintracht Frauen, considering what uh, monumental moment they had uh but you know things are what they are so uh let's let's get to it chris uh what do you got for us and for hashtag what are we drinking i
1: am killing the all, killing off wow uh let me start that over <laughs> i am killing off my collection of st louis beer that nathan delivered to me with such a fantastic selection top to bottom um, but I am finishing off with Four Hands Brewing Company, the Strange Stout mm. Imperial Oatmeal Stout, nine point five percent, vanilla, cocoa, nice and sweet, rich. It's awesome, good stuff.
0: There we go, Matt.
2: You know, I have a little bit more elegant on here, and it's been my summer drink for, uh, recently. And you um, know, summer's not over yet, but. Um, Nice, Chris Coors Light. You know, um, I could definitely compete with Chris on that one. I think uh, I think a lot of people would rather have a Coors Light. Um, I know I definitely would. I'm totally kidding. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly what I'm drinking.
0: <laughs> uh, no Banquet's available? Nope. Nope, not uh, at all. That's
2: okay.
0: It's okay. It's so bad. Um, It's funny you should mention St. Louis. I got a Schlafly Colch right here. It is nice and satisfying. Summer's over. Well, coming to a close or I'm going to be inside a little bit longer Uh, for those people in the know. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I had never had Schlafly's uh, Colch before. And, uh, yeah, two thumbs up for me. So that's gonna wrap it up for hashtag What Are We Drinking? We'll be back, segment two, with the Frauen Corner to talk about Eintracht Frankfurt's Frauen team in the Champions League. So stay with. Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt uh, For kind of forgot the youth update uh, where was I for put this on so winning we thought we would see him uh, on Sunday against Cologne we didn't so he wasn't in the starting lineup for Eintracht Frankfurt Sly and they went up against Giesen and uh, they absolutely trucked Giesen uh, five, not the win for the Eintracht Frankfurt in match day five. Putting them into 10th place. Uh, goals from all around. So uh, good on the guys for doing well there. Uh, 1,400 actually. Uh, Pro uh show as the attendance. So uh, fans coming out to see the Eagles. Uh, actually win something at the weekend. Uh, I'm not trying to say that the Frauen didn't do good. Uh... Uh, I guess I kind of leading into this just a tiny bit. So, Eintracht Frankfurt heading into uh, qualification for the 22 23 Women's Champions League. So, phase one, uh, you have these. Uh, round one is a four team mini tournament uh, win, advance, lose, go home. Had to win two to advance to round two, where then it will be a home and away series, where they then filter it down to 16 teams. Whilst there are four teams that are kind of waiting in the group phase, so 12 teams would get through all the way there. And the Eintracht, uh, yep, they came up a tiny bit short. So how did things proceed uh, in Denmark? Eintracht came out to a rip roaring two nothing uh, victory over. Fortuna Yurik. To be fair, they should have squished them like a bug. Like way, way... They really kind of toyed with their food, uh, so to speak. I didn't see the kind of cutting, dynamic nature from the frown that we have seen in the past. And uh, so yeah, that set up on Sunday. A match with the Ajax women's team. And their hearts got got crushed late, late uh, goal for Ajax and, uh, yeah, the Dutch come away with a 2-1 to victory. You just saw it on the girls' faces. They just looked despondent. I felt bad. I was so heartbroken for them and, uh, yeah, it, uh, it it makes you then think, oh, my gosh, we worked so hard last season to finish in third place. Then have this kick you right in the fork between your legs where you're just writhing in pain. And yeah, so Eintracht Frankfurt's European adventure ends in and in Denmark at the hands of the Dutch. Chris, I'll let you. Uh, Matt already kind of echoed his feelings on the whole thing right there. <laughs> I'll let you, who love going on and on about the Frelon, I'll let you have free reign here. <laughs> well, I
1: love going on and on about the beautiful country of Denmark, too. And I think this just put kind of a fork in It'll my leg. It's cold and as you bleak. So well
0: um, it looked kind of bleak looking so up there. But then me... again, it's in the north. it's right on the sea. So, you know, kind of comes with the
1: territory. Uh, mainland Denmark. Straight north of Germany, this time of year, it's almost always cloudy in August to September. But it, it, uh, Frederick Saven to the east of there, beautiful. Anyway, um, that's where the ladies stayed. Actually, <laughs> go figure. Anyway, um, where would this team be without Laura Prashnikar right now? I just mm. like honestly, this team's struggling to score goals, and that was never more evident than in the opener of this tournament. Um, When, you know, I I wasn't joking when I predicted a 6-2 score. Uh, I thought we could run circles around that club and just on paper and even in the first five minutes, it was like, all right, once we get one, the dam's going to break open. Well, she gets one at the 15th and then just a really sudden, odd own goal in the 18th. But take away that own goal and you're talking 1-0. To open against, you know, a a team that probably is sitting around ninth or 10th if they were playing in the (sighs) Frauenbundesliga. Like you said, it was kind of like toying with your food. And that probably doesn't set a good table for the next day or two days later. Because then we come back against Ajax and... uh, Admittedly, I set my clock wrong. Um, I tuned in 30 minutes late. Even though I'm sitting at work and I had nothing better to do, I promise you, I had nothing better to do at work than watch this one, I tuned in late. Um, but the Ajax opener, uh, that's Stryker. I forgot her name. She's really strong. She had a great game for Ajax all game long. But we had a good response. I thought our second half was really, really strong. Um, the high press gave ix backline all kinds of trouble and when nicola anyomi uh, pulled that ball right off the keeper's foot and once again prashnikar is there to put a beautiful ball from long range down in the corner like thought okay now things are leveling out we're the better team we're going to we're going to get this done laura Frygang is out of her mind Right now. She's playing so well. She's in the right place for headers. She's lobbing in balls. She's taking great free kicks. She just can't find the fucking goal. And it's driving me crazy. Because. This is going to sound petty. The best team does not always win. And that was never more evident than this one. Because we dominated that second half against Ajax. And then to lose. Admittedly. A a top-notch bicycle kick. Um, I, I just, I, it kills me to see the girls go down like this. Um, Cara Basel went basically post-to-post uh, from the corner to try and make that um, save off the cor- off the uh, bicycle kick. And I don't know who's got behind her. I think it was Newskin too. She reached for the ball just a great lunging effort that ball went in the one inch inside the post where it could kill us. And it just sucks because like you said, Brian, they worked so hard to qualify the hard way, the domestic way. And we knew what they had to do in this qualification process to get to the group stage and to fall short against a team that I think we're better than. It really sucks. But, um, if we're on track Frankfurt, that means we have to be resilient. Uh, we got to take some positives out of this. And if there's anything, uh, want more to ignite a little fire in the belly of each one of these players to say, hey, you lost your opportunity at international football here. You didn't get to bring it back to the Volstadion. Stadion. Um, go earn it the right way. Go qualify top two in the league this time. And I think... Think we have the talent to do it this year. I just, I feel for these girls. It's going to be a tough couple weeks trying to recover from this. Um, but we got a cup match coming up, and then it's into league play. So we can't wallow in sorrow. I'm ranting now, but <laughs> right, I got one question though. And when you're playing your second match in 72 hours, how do you only use one substitute? in a one goal match or a tie match as it was, uh, going down the stretch. It's so my only question, uh, for Nico and that one is, uh, and coming off the bench, obviously made a big deal. She got the turnover that created the goal. But when you're playing your second match in 72 hours, how do you not use more than one sub to try and get the job done? Um, to leave somebody like Shakira Martinez on the bench for me is a disappointment. I totally
0: agree with that. Um, I'm looking at asking at the draw with a tiny tiny club in Weinberg. I'm looking at that Depe Pokal, and thinking to myself, you know what? The goal has got to be for the team to finish top three again and and go all the way to the final of the Depe Pokal. And you'll just see who you uh, come up against. And hey, you know what? If we don't have to come up against Bayern or Wolfsburg in the final, there, were, there is no reason to believe that this team will not come away with a Depe Pokal victory. And uh, I, I expect the ladies to be at the rhein indigy Stadion in Kuhn. And there to be... Thousands of Eintracht Frankfurt fans who travel to that match to bring it all home. And, uh, and you know, yeah. we', we don't team the, is good enough to do it.
1: Yeah, we don't have the excuse now that, you know, playing through a group stage and extra travel and stuff like that, that's not an excuse now. So I would argue that we need to finish top two because we don't have the added games um, hmm. to the schedule. There's no reason to claim that we're tired now. We're going to play less matches than both of the teams that we need to topple to finish top two. So, you don't have to finish. them on. Yeah, give them everything you got now. Um, you know, and big props to the fans that traveled, too. It looked like there were <laughs> maybe 50 to somewhere between 50 and 100 there. Um, awesome showing. They were loud, and it, it was really a proud I was about to proud say, you moment. couldn't
0: tell there were any fans there. Uh, except for the Frankfurt fans. It's like for the ones behind the half.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Eintracht, uh, Eintracht Frauen International was on display. Much props to those people who went up to that part of the world. Because, like I said, it looked kind of grim when most other Germans would have been just sitting out in the heat. Well, or melting in the heat as is. Kind of the case of some people, <laughs> considering the temperatures that are hitting uh, uh, Europe at this moment in time. So, yeah, uh, we got the Day of April, Cow as you men- as we mentioned coming up. So those will be taking place uh, the second week uh, the second weekend of September, and then yeah, you got the. You got the Frauen Bundesliga kicking on, and we got Bayern right out the gate. I hope that with the match being played at the Waldstadion for the the Frauen opener, I really hope that they just fill out the entire lower the lower part of the stadium. You know, these that? these uh, women like um, twenty six to twenty nine thousand possible fans that could be in there. They pop, they pack it in like that. You're going to take Byron all the way and get a draw or you've, or the win. Or I've, the I've always argued like that
1: they should be there anyway. There's no Eagles that should live outside the nest. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But they've earned this opportunity through their hard work the last uh, 24 months under the Eagle crest building up to this moment. You are expected to win the league this year. In my book, I don't have them winning it. Well, but that's the expectation from here on out is winning the league and competing in Champions League because that's the standard that was set under the other crest, and that's the standard that will continue under this one.
0: Yep. Historically speaking, um erste FSA Frankfurt, there are all that is a large trophy cabinet that was uh kinda brought in uh for the Frauen. Seven Bundesliga titles. Uh, we'd like to get that eighth. There are four UEFA Women's Cup slash Women's Champions League trophies because it's known as Women's Cup for most of those trophies, and a lot more Pokals. Uh, nine Pokals in total for the for the Frauen team. And you know what? Uh, yeah, get that. Uh, I'm real, I'm 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 not trying to push them so far. But I am looking at the Frauen Pokal and I'm like, hey, you know what? We got bounced early. It helped us get to the Champions League. Now you had to take that additional step. That means you know getting back to the the Pokal final and yeah, cons- making the Champions League again. Because as we saw with uh, Hoffenheim, who had to go through all the qualifiers that. Like the round that we did, and the round that, you know, they got to the next round and they got to the uh, group stage as well. They ended up finishing, uh, geez, what was it, like uh, fifth? What was it? I think they were behind Potsdam in the, uh, as a league table finished, as I believe. Uh, I'm actually checking that right now. And uh, yeah, they finished in fifth in the table, uh, five points behind the Eintracht and. Yeah, the the girls they've gotten to they've gotten a taste of what it's like to be out there. Now you got to realize it's like you know what, next, you're it's time to take that next uh, next step in your club development, and uh, we'll be behind you all the way. So I guess it is now time for us to look at the Bundesliga itself. I mean, I know we're only three matches, in, and I know we got Champions League draw. I'm really excited for Thursday because of the Champions League draw to find out who we get and all those European nights that are going to be coming to the Vault Stadium. But um, I know it's only three matches so far. And I wanted to see what your guys biggest surprise is for the Bundesliga season so far outside of Eintracht centered uh matches. So uh Matt, I'll let you have the first whack at this.
2: Yeah, I mean I think the obvious one right now is with Leverkusen. Um that one's kind of nuts. Wolfsburg is seeming not to do too well either again this year. Um, but I mean, it's still super, super early in the season. I mean, Odion's in third place, Mainz in fourth, Freiburg's in fifth, and Hoffenheim's in sixth. You know, it's, uh, we just got to relax here. Just have a little stat here from uh, this exact point from last season's uh, start. Um, Wilson was at the top of the table, 12 points, behind Byron with 10 points. So, I mean, you know, Mainz was somehow up there, Fiverr was somehow up there. And um, yeah, you know, we were all the way down to 15th. So, I mean, the state, the state of Frankfurt right now is we should not panic. Um, cause we did that last year and obviously, you know, we're, we're going to make our complaints and stuff like that, but we definitely should not panic. We are, like I said who earlier, panicked and
0: who didn't panic? Remind me again. I always panic.
2: All of us panic. <laughs> we all panic. <laughs> I have panic attacks. Thank God weed is legal in New York, man. Um, but it's, it's. It's, it's nuts. It's, it's, look, we, we're warming up, like I said earlier, you know, and I think we're getting to the point when we play against Vader Braven where we get to explode. You know, we're gonna have like a, once we get that first win underneath our belt, you know, we, we, we get, we keep rolling, you know, because we are, we're a team that thrives on streaks, you know, once we get a one win, you know, we somehow tally four or five. If we start drawing, we tally another like three or four. You know, if we lose, we lose like back to back games here and there. So, I mean, we're, we're good. We're okay. You know, it's, it's only what five points away from Champions League spot right now. That's two, that's two games right there. You know, that we're only two games behind for the American standing wades. So, um, obviously that was a gut wrenching start with Bayern smacking us like this, but Bayern is, have, is having a historic start to the season already, you know, with 15 goals and one goal away. Um, but obviously that's also the Mane effect because Liverpool is on the rocks right now, but, Look, Frankfurt is going to be Frankfurt, and I think we're definitely going to be doing better than eleventh from last year. So I mean, it only can go up from here, you know. Um, it's it's going to be a tale of three different seasons with Bundesliga being, you know, how we do in the Bundesliga not too well, you know, and then a new season with the Champions League, and then you know it, we have we have three different teams on this team, guys. It's 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 hilarious,
0: you know. What was your thoughts, Chris, on the start of the season? One last thing What's your surprise? about
1: us before I get into the surprise. Uh, Matt mentioned where we are in the table sitting at 15. Without that goal, uh, the late goal by Cologne, we're sitting at 10th right now, and I don't think anyone would argue with that. So it's way too early to sit here and table watch, even though I do it every day, even when there's no matches on. But not not too worried about us yet. Um My biggest surprise right now is Hoffenheim. I had them mid-table at best, and the way that they just dismantled Leverkusen this weekend was something to watch, really. The way they did it, it, they put their foot on the pedal and never let up. Hoffenheim is my surprise, sitting at 6 right now. Uh, Freiburg, I kind of expected them to be there. Dortmund, their collapse has been kind of hilarious, but... They seem to do that every year or every couple years right now where they just can't find their, their direction early on, and eventually they'll figure it out and be top three, top four. But definitely Hoffenheim at this point. Braven hasn't lost a game yet either. I just realized that after yesterday. Yeah, or, they're kind of weird. Yeah. Very weird. Well,
0: yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting team, a team that we'll get to see very soon. Very, very soon. But my surprise, actually, I'm looking at Gladbach because we all saw how crap they did under Benedict Hutter. And you know what? Like he, uh, uh, I'll take that back. He had th- he had one team who he did well against, and that is all he could hang his hat on mm-hmm. for the entire season. He won, bu- he won one league match, drew a league match, and won the cup match against Bayern. And otherwise, gladback you just – it seemed like everything was going wrong. And you know what? They've actually – like, for the guys they held on to, they've re-signed, like, everybody to new long-term contracts. There are three matches played, seven points. They haven't looked too shabby. If it wasn't for a late goal by Schalke, they would be on nine points. I'm looking at gladback and I'm like, okay, um – this is the, this is also with a coach uh, in Gladbach and uh, Daniel Farke who, uh, so he was uh, Dortmund uh, reserve coach, then went to Norwich City where he was there for a long time, went up, took that team from the English Championship, the second division, went up to the Premier League, went down, went right back up again, then got fired, uh, was in Russia very, very briefly. Uh, but, you know, the whole uh, invasion of Ukraine which we still stand with Ukraine for anyone who is listening who uh, is able to reach out to anyone uh, suffering, our thoughts and prayers and everything are with you and yeah uh, so far three matches, Farke is making Gladback look good and it's a little bit like ah, damn it, that's a club that I I don't think any of us had them beyond eighth place in the league uh, when we made our predictions. And yeah. uh, that's my surprise.
2: Yeah, I mean, they also played Hertha and they've also played like Hoffenheim, you know, and Hoffenheim has had, you know, this one good result against Leverkusen, Leverkusen and, then, you young. know, barely did anything against Bochum and then, you know, obviously lost to Gladbach with a man down, but... Um, I don't know. This Bundes- the, the start of the Bundesliga is very, very weird right
1: now. Um, you know, definitely a lot of surprises for sure. There's a lot of parody in the league, minus one team, which was talked about ad nauseum in uh, the media. But-
0: yeah... A certain dickhead uh, writer. I used to kind of respect him, but he can't coming out with uh, why Bayern shouldn't be in the Bundesliga because of that. It's like, you it, English putts. All right. Like, it, the, it was there's a poorly some written cheap wait, What is this? What is this? All right. So, oh, God.
1: I, I will not give the writer's name because he's kind of a dick. But in The Athletic, there's a piece about Bayern Munich and their domination of the league over the last 10 years and he basically puts the case out there that Bayern is too good for the Bundesliga because no one else is willing to step up. And it's kind of that argument, he's making the argument Bayern has made where we want others to play the game the way we play it. Well, you've had 50 years to establish the game and you know set the deck in your favor. So it's not as if others aren't trying, we just don't have the means that they have to do it. But he he set up this scenario where he replayed the Bundesliga for the last ten years if Bayern was not in it, and it showed how the table would have been different and how you would have had multiple different winners. Um, it would have affected the what table a in many ways. What a like nutbag!
0: Yeah, real dickhead. I mean, yeah. he. I mean, a point was, and I looked back through like in the last fifteen years, the last team that wasn't Wolfsburg. Or Dortmund Or uh, Bayern uh, To have Scored uh, more than 65 points Was a title winning team From Stuttgart in 06-07 The last team that wasn't one of those three They scored 70 Everyone else in that group uh, not, oh, Yeah I also kind of threw Leipzig in there too But we all admit that they're artificially Inflating all that shit because of The way that they uh, fund themselves but even Leverkusen had not gotten above 65 points and honestly the Bundesliga like if we want if we acted the way that like some American fans do who are listening to this? Uh, in the way that we kind of pick out our teams, then yeah, everyone would cheer for Bayern. But no, we all came uh, via different routes to Eintracht, and like if we wanted to go for just a team that just wins stuff, well, you know what? There's kind of only a handful of clubs that kind of win anything on a right re- with any sort of regularity in this league, and if you want someone who's gonna kind of like be a challenger i guess you can have that but i mean we all came to eintracht via different ways and none of us were looking were looking at glory hunters because we had some sort of relationship and connection to the club and anyone who wants to, anyone from the outside who wants to give shit to us for caring about a club that means more than uh more than words then they can get stuffed
2: you know what's so stupid about him too is is just like you can say it's such a dumb reporter's way to get some stupid clicks in them clickbait and stuff like that but it's easy to shit on any sort of dynasty you know you can shit on the Patriots dynasty you can shit on Juve being great you can shit on Manchester United being great back then you know it's always just like oh definitely like, not
0: now <laughs> <laughs> well obviously not now but I'm saying like
2: that's what people get clickbait all the time like how do you get that like these, these would be the results uh, if the Warriors weren't this good or like if the Warrior, or if like the Patriots,
1: or
0: the Bulls weren't store. that good in the in the nineties. So you know, Brian, like, come I, on. I think it's part so of the problem dumb.
1: is we wow. sit here from the the American sports lens, where sports and, and the leagues that we are manufactured. The parody. leagues that we follow are manufactured parody. Exactly. If you have the worst record in the NFL, you get to pick the best player in the next draft, and you get the easiest schedule. You know, if you if you are the worst team in baseball. Not only do you get the first pick the following year, you get extra picks in the draft. Like we, so we, why hasn't the, so why haven't the Lions won anything? Because uh, they're the fucking Lions and <laughs> the Ford family sucks. <laughs> but but I mean, like, look at a perfect example is the New York Yankees. You know, they're the winningest team in the history of baseball here in America. Um, but at the same time, they develop their talent, even though they are the best team and. The, the rules of the league stack the league against them the following year. They find a way to do it by the proper means. Um, it's just a different in other sports here in America. So when you get the Americans saying, well, if I'm going to follow the Bundesliga, I'm going to follow Bayern because they win. That's because Americans just are lazy and don't want to do the work. If they invested themselves in learning about 50 plus one and, and learning the value of Cologne or Frankfurt or you name another club that's done it the right way, they would... Stuttgart? Yes, they'd fall in love with that, but they don't want to do the work because they're lazy.
0: <sighs> Very true. Very true. Alright. Uh, we've done enough angry ranting. Uh got something to look forward to on Thursday. We'll be coming out with a... We're planning on coming out with another episode when uh, the Champions League draw is brought in. Right now, we're just waiting on... Um, we're waiting on six matches to take place to pick out the final, final six teams to the Champions League group phase. Uh, currently, as things sit, uh, Victoria Pulls and Karabag are at nil-nil, waiting for that match on the 23rd to take place. Bodo Glunt the club that produced uh, Jens Pettahauke has a narrow 1-0 lead as they go to Zagreb to place the Croatian uh, champions, Um uh, Maccabi Haifa from Israel has a 3-2 lead as they head to Belgrade. Copenhagen has got a 2-1 lead uh, as they head to Turkey. A very long ways to go on that one. Uh, to play Trabzonspor, golly, it's almost... Going to the other opposite side of freaking the entire continent. Um Dinamo Kiev fell uh 2-0 to Benfica. That in my opinion is all done and dusted. It's the only one that seems to be kind of like like signed, sealed, and delivered as they go now to Portugal uh to play the second leg. Remember, Kiev uh had to play in uh Poland because off for obvious reasons. The Turkish, uh, the Ukrainian league is supposed to be starting up in the next couple of weeks in uh, certain parts of the country. So, here's hoping that they can pull that off. Are and, they playing um, it all domestically? We, yeah, they're uh, going to play a domestic schedule and everything. Them. It's I, I don't good for that's them, awesome. but I'm kind of like, oh, that's a little dangerous. It is. So, uh, just saying. And uh, Einhoven uh, has a they got a, themselves a two-two draw against Glasgow Rangers, the team that we played in the final of our Europa-Pokal. Uh, they go back to Eindhoven. And, uh, yeah, that is uh, where everyone stands. It's all uh, one goal scorer line, knife edge, or uh, it's all deadlocked in there. Uh, as I mentioned, benfica Kiev, It looks like Benfica will be going through. But, hey, I'm really excited for everyone to join uh, whomever plays um, at this point I mean, I'd mean, love us. to have I'd love to have another I'd love to have a home and away series with re- Glasgow Rangers or I'd love to have a home and away series with Eindhoven a very short trip they'd bring plenty of fans I'd be a little uh, anxious if we got tribes on Spore uh, just because I've seen what the Galatasaray fans have done uh, when it comes to their fans traveling, and I mean, we didn't have any trouble when Fenerbahce came, but you know, could be totally different. Red Star Belgrade—that's a—that's a trip. That sounds dangerous as sin. Just saying. And uh, yeah, those are kind of. Uh, interesting teams that I uh, would want to look forward to playing who are still in the process of qualifying. So anything you guys want to say before we wrap this thing up on the Champions League possibilities?
1: Uh, We're in pot one, so we're going to avoid... Thank God. Yeah, we're going to avoid the big names, but careful because that pot two has plenty of dangerous teams there.
0: Yeah, I'll... Very quickly, kind of skim over those uh, leaders in there in pot two because basically every yeah everything now is sealed in pot one and pot two. So uh, Real Madrid, Manchester City, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, Paris Saint Porto, and Ajax are all in our pot. Uh, the only team that is qualified for uh, the Champions League group phase who has not got a pot to. Not pissing, but though <laughs> they may not have a pot to piss in because their coach is driving them crazy, Marseille. that will be a fun. That'd be fun if we actually got Marseille and we actually got to have fans in the home and away legs. Considering the fact that when we played them at the Europa Pokal, they had to play behind closed doors. So, uh, but as I mentioned, part two uh, that I should have rattled off with Liverpool when that should. Be- Uh, These days, yeah, that would be a win. Uh, Chelsea, revenge. Would want that. Want that. Barcelona. Win. Juventus. Win. Oh, yeah, (laughs) win. I want Athletico Atletico Atletico Madrid. Uh, Draw. That ain't... That that's, that's okay. You're gonna if you're gonna have one loss, I'm gonna chuck that one up as uh, you're gonna go to Madrid and just get well. You're gonna get beaten up. It's basically like you know, like playing against a team that you know you don't want to to play against, but you gotta play them, and you know that they play dirty, and you just kind of come out all beaten up and bruised and injured. Yeah, that's playing athletic Madrid. Then there's Sevilla. Leipzig, who we cannot get drawn against, because uh, in the group phase you are not allowed to be drawn against a team that is from your league. And then there is a team from the other side of North London. We played Arsenal London. It's called Tottenham Hotspur London, and uh, yeah, that's Win. a team that could be tricky. But we'll get if we played against them, we get to see a very uh, a guy who I think is a rather uh, famous figure from Italian football, who's got the best the best hair plugs around in uh, Antonio Conte. <laughs> 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 I
2: mean,
0: come on. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, in terms of uh, any small clubs that you're like, where is this club? Where is the, where's Where's a member of that club? Where's a member of that club? So um, Club Brugge uh, from Belgium uh, is in pot four. Glasgow Celtic, the arch rivals of the Glasgow Rangers is in pot four as well. They all cheered for us in the in the final, so it helped out. And uh, then you got your other teams: uh, Dortmund, Salzburg, Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter Milan, uh, Napoli, Sporting Lisbon, and uh, Bayer Leverkusen are all in uh, Pot Three and cannot move into Pot Four. Uh, I forget what team it is in the uh, the in the playoffs who is of a certain a certain pedigree that uh, uh, is why uh, Marseille is not in there. I don't know. It's probably uh, like Eindhoven, considering the fact that uh, the Eredivisie had like two teams just rack up all the coefficient points in the last uh, season because they were all... them and Feyenoord were just crushing everyone in the Europa Conference and uh, made it both to the semifinals. So... Uh, I'll be surprised if it's those guys who are possibly going to pot three. but yeah, can't wait for that draw to happen. Uh, we'll be waiting with so much expectation. It's going to be great. And if you think about it from this standpoint, anyways, if we had qualified for the champions league on our own, we would be in pot three. So that's not too bad. Considering the fact that like, uh for example, like because uh, the winners of certain po- the winners of certain countries automatically uh, get put into pot one. So AC Milan, because they were champions of uh, the Serie A, have exactly thirty eight coefficient points because they practically have not been involved in Europe for the last five years. They've only got like two brief uh, appearances, and each one in like the Europa League. And uh yeah, that's all that they got to show for themselves. And it's kinda shitty that they got put into that uh our pot, but you know what? Whatever. We're in for the first time. We're in the big kid competition and uh our gra- our parents living memory in some of our cases. So I'm excited. I think it goes without saying that we're all excited. So that's where we're going to end this episode of Hey, i Trek Frankfurt. I'd like to thank both Chris and Matt for joining me. Uh, Chris, what do you got going on and uh, where can we find you on social media? Uh
1: I am on discord, Twitter, Peloton, Instagram at C the D three, one, three.
0: How many Eagles are on Peloton?
1: Uh, there's a good 200 or so. I think what? I'm linked with four or five. Oh, there's tons of them. But they, they're always riding with the German instructors. And spoiler Uh-oh. alert, my German sucks. So I'm always, like, you know, a few strokes behind them on the bike. But, um, th- no, there's a good amount on there. And I always get some nice high fives and stuff from them. So it's a good time. You should oh, that's join. Good. That's good. There you
0: go. There you go. Uh, uh, well, seeing as what with... with uh, the incoming expenses that I got, I don't think I'm going to be yeah. buying a Peloton bike right now.
1: Just well, good, you don't need a bike.
0: <laughs> no, I got, I got a. I
1: already Peloton have a gym membership, membership without the bike.
0: Yeah, i Yeah, I can just buy a regular bicycle for like one third the price of a Peloton. You don't and, uh, need a bike. Do it the old-fashioned way. We'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you are you trying to say that we could start having them advertise? If so, if you're a company, uh, if you if you happen to uh, work for a company that wants to advertise, get in contact with us. Uh, uh, reach out to us on Twitter. That is at Pod, Hey, I'm Drake Frankfurt on Instagram. Uh, hey I'm at gmail.com facebook.com he at pod and in case you like some of our content one of the guys who runs that is Matt so Matt what are you doing and where can we find you on social media
2: you can find me on the Twitterscape at wag m 8 M-A underscore and then on instagram at underscore Wagner 8 and then obviously you gotta follow the Instagram page on handchar Frankfurt because we uh, launched a new logo if you guys haven't seen that yet.
0: Oh yes. So uh, we did a little bit of rebranding. I'd like to thank our boy, uh Way Up North. Miles doing a great job. Love you buddy. And uh yeah, beer beer on me next time you come south. Just Miles. Just Miles. And we have uh, stickers. I,
1: Ask us for stickers. I, we'll send some. I got a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, Matt Chris loves to send out free shit. I do. There's more on the way. I wish I could talk about it. There's a lot more free stuff on the way. Oh, so excited. Yeah. Hope hope that everyone has a good rest of your week. And yeah, we'll be back to talk about Eintracht in the near term future. We're, We're trying to put together a podcast that will give us an instant reaction from the Champions League draw. So look forward to that. There we can get a preview of Eintracht versus Werder Bremen. It's a historical time to be an Eintracht Frankfurt fan. So take care, everybody. Now follow us on our various social media platforms. Give us a like and a review on your favorite uh, streaming platform for listening to us on podcast forums so we know if we can do better, awesome. We will do our best to be better. And if you just want to root us on, you know, we'll take that too. Take care, everybody. Until next time, juice. And now we have rumored transfers. Kevin Trapp to Manchester United.
2: <laughs> Manchester United? Oh. <laughs> Did they even play Champions League? Yikes, man. Hey, But I'm saying like that's what people get